are listening to a new series of the UCL Statistical Science Podcast. In this conversations, we speak with accomplished and interesting UCL alumni who have worked across a wide spectrum of applications and industries, and we share their career stories, achievements, and advice. Whether you're an aspiring statistician or simply curious about the world of data science, this podcast is for you. Hi everyone, my name is Nathan Green. Uh, we're very lucky today to be joined by Warren Luck, who's the CEO of GoodLab. Um, perhaps uh, rather than me saying so, maybe you could briefly introduce yourself, Warren. Hi everyone, hi Nathan, this is Warren Luck. Um, I'm, I'm currently based in Hong Kong. Um, I was studying at UCL in the Department of Statistical Science back in 2007 to 2010. I graduated 13 years ago, technically. I, I was majoring in economics and statistics at the time. I would say those three years at UCL were probably some of my best years in my life so far. And obviously I, I would have a lot of stories to tell in, in our kind of upcoming conversation with you, Nathan, to relief and to review some of the, the good old days at UCL. Great. Wow, that's a ringing endorsed. Thanks, Warren. I think we'll start at the beginning. So we'll talk about your time at UCL to begin with. What are your general memories of being at UCL at that time? I was thinking about that last night, actually. And like I said earlier, it was best years of my life. I guess most significant reason was that it was quite stress-free that I was able to to actually explore what I can be and what I want to be as a person and as a professional during those couple of years. Obviously, like many students at UCL, I had built some lifelong friendships. The very best friends that I still currently have that I meet with every month or so were from UCL. They did the same course as me as well for some of them. So I really had a great time, not just about academic pursuit when I was studying at UCL, but also a very enriching, very inspirational life. Those three years at UCL in the statistics department really shaped who I am right now. Those three years were really significant in my life. Okay, wow. So should we start with the statistics course then? What did you enjoy about the statistics course? What did you, in particular, what did you... You learn, what was it, the teaching like? The most important thing about undergoing statistics training at uni is the way to think about problems logically, having a macro and holistic view of looking at problems. Because after I graduated, after the three years of doing economics and statistics, I went on to do management consulting. I actually stayed in London for almost three years. And as a management consultant, I, I was particularly focused on technology and data analytics, which I was able to use some of the more sort of technical skills and knowledge that I learned from the statistics course into my consulting engagement with my clients at the time. I had to pretty much produce some very simple coding, some simple statistical graphs, as well as visualization 
in order to present insights from the data that I, I was sort of managing and, and handling uh, on my job in the first two, three years of my career. So those things I learned from uni were, were quite applicable at the start of my career in London. Yeah, I mean, I, I can appreciate all of those things. How did you find dealing with like non-specialists and like communicating with uncertainty and uh, technical results? The most important part about my job as a management consultant at the start is that the clients that I was working with, they don't necessarily have a statistics or even mathematics background. And so I guess one of the challenge, uh, which I really enjoyed actually at the time, is to translate the things that I have observed from the data set from the graphs that I've put together, the visualization that I produced to formulate the so-called insights, uh, key messages that I like to tell my clients about their businesses. And I think this skew had been really useful, not just during my kind of professional career as a management consultant, but even for now, as I'm working as kind of the, the CEO of a nonprofit organization, being able to analyze complex information and data and translate it into simple insights and messages that mean something to your counterpart is a very important skill that I had picked up from university, from doing economics and statistics. I actually didn't realize how important it was when I was studying, not until I, I started work as a consulting professional or as a nonprofit leader that I need that sort of skill to excel in my job. Yeah, I think when you're surrounded by other statisticians and other similar people, you only realize afterwards when you're coming in contact with people from other fields that they don't think like that. And then you, you think, oh, well, why aren't you being logical or rational? Or why aren't you doing this methodically? That's an experience that I've had. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because for a lot of times, when I was consultant, right, I certainly had a lot of information and data in the back pocket, but it doesn't really help to put them all on the table for your clients or for your collaborators because they might not necessarily understand them or they might even get confused if you do that. So I guess to be able to digest and summarize the insights is very important here. And I think this is probably in addition to all the technical knowledge and skills that I've learned from the course back then, this kind of mindset, this kind of process handling information and communicating information is one of the most valuable things that I've learned. Yeah, that's really great. And I guess in addition to the, the technical things, uh, academic learning from the department and from the university, I was so lucky and fortunate to have met some of the lifelong friends that I have. I like to stress that as a university student, it's very important to meet more people. And I certainly did that at the time. I actually spent a lot of time sort of outside of classroom, outside of academic work, and try to get to know people and get myself exposed. And, and this is where my self-discovery came from. I started to understand a little bit more about myself and and what I want to be. Obviously, at first, I wanted to, to be someone who can support businesses, 
who can advise businesses with my knowledge and skills. But later on, after a couple of years of working as a management consultant, I made a bold career change, a pivot from management consulting to nonprofit in Hong Kong. Fundamentally, it was a motivation that I had built many years ago when I was at UCL, simply because I had the opportunity to meet with people who were working in the public sector, who were working in nonprofit as well. That had given me the inspiration and motivation. And that was the result of myself being able to go out and try to meet more people. Right. So stuff you did outside of the course helped you work out what you wanted to do after UCL. Yeah, really interesting. Exactly. So what were the things you were doing and what were your extracurricular activities? Yeah, so uh, very interesting. One of the best things about UCL, I think, I'm, I'm sure many of the alums and students would agree, is a very vibrant and welcoming environment. Uh, to be honest, if you're a student at UCL, you know that it's not just about academic at UCL. But it's also about kind of trying to expose yourself to London as a city and other extracurricular activities. And for me, music and singing was a very serious hobby of mine. When I was in London studying and also in early part of my career being a performer on stage, I love singing. And in particular, I love performing in a cappella, so music without instruments, uh, as well as musical theatre. I was the founding member of a a cappella group in London called The Mockingbird, which was formed by a bunch of students from Hong Kong, essentially. So I managed to meet some of my best friends through this channel, through this a cappella group that I'm still in touch with in in Hong Kong as well. But that gave me the opportunity to actually perform, uh, not just within UCL, but also around different university events in London and also beyond. For example, we perform in Cambridge, we perform in University of Warwick, or even further out. So that helped me to, to build my network at the time from a musical perspective, but also from friendship perspective as well. So that was what I was able to do. And thanks to the welcoming and open environment of UCL. The other reason that I thought it was the best years of my life is able to try something that I had not done before. For example, singing and acapella and musical. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's great. I love the, uh, the, yeah. the contrast between doing statistics and then doing acapella in spare time. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, economics and statistics very logical subjects yeah. that requires a lot of numerical skills, mm-hmm. which I presume consume certain part of my brain. While doing music, performing, utilizes my creativity and obviously courage and voice as well, which consumes another part of my brain. So it shaped who I am. The reason that I'm bringing this extracurricular activity in particular is that Even after a couple of years I graduated, even when I was pursuing a professional career in Hong Kong and in London, I actually continued with this very serious hobby of mine. I actually continue performing until these days, whenever I have time and keep practicing. I think that gives me a different layer of color to my life as well. And that was built upon days in London as a student. It's it's really, really interesting. Like, I didn't know any of this. It's really cool that you were able to set that up and make a success of it. Yeah, the best thing is I met some awesome people. Yeah. 
at UCL who do not just study. They want to pursue their interests as well. Like the acapella group that I talked about, most of the founding members and the core founder were from UCL. They did economics, they did law, they did statistics as well. So they are all some of my closest friends. And that's the beauty of studying at UCL, regardless of whatever subjects that we were doing, you can always find somebody who, who share similar interest that you can pursue certain hobbies or, or build friendship with. I guess that's very valuable. Awesome. Thanks very much. That was really cool. So could we talk a little bit more about what you did after UCL then? And you mentioned yeah. you went into management consultancy. So how long did you do that for? So um, when I graduated back in 2010, as a graduate of economics and statistics, I obviously, like many of our alums, we had plenty of options, one of which I was very interested in consulting. That's why I pursued that path. I spent three years in London in a multinational consulting firm. And then I decided to return to Hong Kong because Hong Kong was where I was from. My family was in Hong Kong. My parents were in Hong Kong. So I decided to, to return to Hong Kong through an international transfer of my old firm back then. I worked as a management consultant in Hong Kong for around five years in Hong Kong. But obviously, uh, we had projects not just in Hong Kong, but also in mainland China, Southeast Asia, and a bit of Middle East as well. So that was a fun time in terms of professional development and very interesting as well to be working with a different segment of clients in the Asia Pacific region. And those eight years in total as a management consultant, first in London and in Hong Kong, really helped equip me with the fundamental skills as a business professional how to manage projects, how to collaborate with other people, how to talk to clients and how to solve business problems. And during those eight years, I actually had the opportunity to spend one year in New York City on a sequinement as well with my old firm. So, which was pretty cool because essentially in the first couple of years of my career, I had the opportunity to work in the major financial hub around the world, London, New York, and Hong Kong as I was particularly focusing on the financial services industries. But then after eight years, like I said earlier, that I mentioned earlier, I decided to make a pivot. I guess, um, Nathan, you might ask me why was that? Um, yeah, I mean, the obvious reason yeah. is what happened. I yeah, mean. what happened, right? This, uh, <laughs> this is a question that I, 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 I sort of get asked yeah. a lot of times, but yeah. uh, I, I'm more than happy to explain that. Yeah, I think UCL play a part in that, which I sort of, gave us kind of a short explanation before, but essentially when I was in UCL, I had the chance to meet with people who were working in the public sector, who, who were very passionate about public administration. I also had the opportunity to participate in events and debating competitions on the theme of public administration and public affairs. So there was a time when I was really sort of getting my first knowledge and interest in the area. Obviously, I didn't sort of pursue it upon graduation, but after eight years in management consulting, I started to rethink what I really wanted to do. Because as a management consultant, I had to travel. It was a very busy job, long hours. And then that prompted me to think about what I really want to be and what I really want to do. And then I actually had moments at the time that was from 
my days at UCL, that were when I was participating in all those debating competitions and events in society around public affairs. So that was the time when I started to think about and kind of contemplate the possibilities of getting into the social sector of Hong Kong, working in a nonprofit and use my time to contribute to the society of Hong Kong, to make it a better place, to make my home a better place. Obviously, it's not a kind of a straightforward decision because I, I had worked in consulting for eight years. I uh, sort of conceded that change for maybe half a year. I talked to a number of people that I was inspired by who are still working in the social sector in Hong Kong and finally decided to make the change simply because one of the people that I talked to, he asked me, Warren, if you really want to contribute to the society in Hong Kong, why don't you do it? Have you actually been to some underprivileged families in Hong Kong to understand their lives? Have you been to a school in Hong Kong to actually try teaching if you're interested in education? My answer was no. And I felt a little bit embarrassed, to be honest, at the time. And then that was a tipping point. That was a moment where I thought and where I told myself that I should actually make a change and, and try that out. If it works out, that's great. If it doesn't, I can always, you know talk to my previous supervisor and boss and then try to kind of get a job back in management consulting. And that's how I uh, make the move. And then I actually just quit my job from my old firm. I went on a backpacking trip in the Middle East, in Israel, in Russia, and in some parts of Asia as well. And that was the time when I had seen kind of a job ad online from my current organization called The Good Lab. In Hong Kong, we are a nonprofit in Hong Kong, and they were hiring. Uh, and so I, I just applied. I just applied. And then when I report, returned to Hong Kong, I had an interview, and the organization was taking a risk to hire me as well. So, uh, and now I've been working with Good Lab for uh, almost six years now, actually. Okay. Yeah, that's how it's. You're not yeah. going back to your old employer then? Um, no, <laughs> but I'm still in touch with them. Are you? you know, they're quite glad that I'm still doing this. Uh -huh. um, but the key thing here, you know, is a very long-winded answer to the question and, and to explain why I changed. But the change is not about one moment. It's about the self-discovery that I did. The extracurricular activities that I did at UCL had sort of steered me towards what I'm doing now, even though I didn't know at the time. Yes, all these contributing factors in your life culminating. Well, I mean, regardless of that, it sounds like a brave thing to do. A lot of people might talk about that and not take the action. So I respect that you, you were prepared to give it a go. Thank you, Nathan. You're too kind. I mean, <laughs> I was very curious and I just had to make a change at the time. And I was quite lucky, I uh, have been quite lucky rather, because these past six years with Good Lab, with a nonprofit, had been another very eye opening period in my career that I had the opportunities to meet with people that I otherwise wouldn't have met in my management consulting career. Nowadays, what I do now is in Hong Kong, Good Lab is a social innovation think and do tank. We call ourselves think and do tank because we don't just sort of talk about social impact or social innovation, we actually execute social innovation as well. In particular, we go into different local neighborhoods in Hong Kong and trying to get people to participate in the community affairs. For example, 
designing the public spaces in their neighborhood communities or, or designing the public and social services that they are getting from the government and, and kind of major NGOs in Hong Kong. So we are like the intermediary, the middle person that try to bring all these people from the civil society and communities together and work with the government and, and other organizations and professionals as well, but trying to make local neighborhoods and community better for the people there. Which is very different, as you can tell from my previous job in management consulting or even from what I did at UCL, economics and statistics. But there's one thing that is in common is to be able, like I said earlier, to be able to look at problems from a more strategic perspective, from a macro perspective, but also having the ability to dissect information and, and try to solve those problems structurally. So that's, I would say, is what I would see as a common threat throughout the last 13 years of my professional career, plus my three years at UCL. So what is it that you actually do on a daily basis? What does your job look like? Essentially, as an intermediary, we try to bring people together to work on certain community challenges together. For example, recently we've been working on a project to innovate museums in Hong Kong. Now, there are various aspects about museums in Hong Kong, not just the content, the exhibition, but also the physical spaces around and within the museum. In addition to that, the connection between the museums and the local community where the museums are situated in. So these are the various aspects around actually a museums. People may not know because people just go in there and look at the exhibition, but actually for a museum to be innovative and successful, we need to consider all these things. And all these things basically are connected to different stakeholders around the community. Professional curators, local residents in the neighborhoods, people who are familiar with the technical contents of the exhibitions, the management of the museums, for example. Now, my role and my organization role is to bring all these people together and try to figure out how to design or collaboratively design a museum that will work for all these stakeholders, that will work for people who are visiting the museums locally, but also internationally. And we need a process in place to try to bring all these people together. And we are the person, we are the organization who are responsible of designing that particular collaborative design process. Now, what does that even mean, that process? We use various methods to engage with those stakeholders and people. For example, we run workshops, bring all these people together in the room and trying to figure out how to solve certain problems that we see in the museum scene in Hong Kong. We run uh, what we call the street engagement or basically going to the street of Hong Kong to the local neighborhoods and talk to people and try to understand their, their aspirations about the museums in Hong Kong through direct dialogues. So these are just examples of how we do the engagement part. But essentially what we believe in is that if we bring all these people together as an intermediary, it's very likely that we are able to, to figure out an innovative way of building, designing, and presenting museums in Hong Kong. Now, museum itself is just one example of many. We've been dealing with uh, other topics as well, like drainage systems in Hong Kong, 
underground public spaces in Hong Kong as well. But I guess the process is very similar. We are the intermediary trying to bring relevant stakeholders together and focus on those problems together. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine these different stakeholders have different perspectives. They've got different objectives and you want something that's mutually. Yeah. Yeah. And and the innovative part about this is to try to, you know, when after hearing all this diverse opinions, interests and, and suggestions, figure out what's the kind of the mutually beneficial outcomes that most people at least would enjoy and feel engaged with or even can be able to kind of find valuable with. So these are the things that we, we try to do throughout our projects. And it takes a lot of problem-solving skills and, and trying to kind of dissect the problems. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, but interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who, who would be are really like motivated by that. That's kind of an inspiring objective. It's really cool. So in the interest of time, first of all, let's think about what maybe future students at UCL or, or current students at UCL, if they hindsight and your experiences, like what would you say to those students? What words of wisdom uh, do you have for this group? Wow. I wouldn't say is a uh, wisdom, but I, <laughs> I, I do have a few thoughts, fruitful thoughts to share for current students or, or kind of future students. First of all is do try your best to enjoy your time at UCL. For me, like I said earlier, it was the best times. And if I were to go back, I would try to enjoy even more. So you probably wouldn't realize that during the time when you were studying, but do try to enjoy your time because it could probably be one of your best years in your life as well. And what I mean by enjoy it as much is studying hard is important because you're studying at one of the most prestigious university after all, but also try to take the time and courage to find something outside of your academic work to explore because it will help you to understand yourself better, but also give you the opportunities and exposures to figure out what you want. A lot of people that I've seen, including myself, actually were quite worried about finding a job upon graduation. And I guess my thought here after graduated for so many years is that try not to rush that and try to really take the time to think about what you really want. Having a job obviously is very secure. It feels secure, but not having a job is not the end of the world. And nowadays, people are talking about having a different kind of lifestyle, like being a slasher, like having multiple jobs at the same time, and, and try not to be influenced too much by your peers, because it's very easy to be influenced. For example, at my time, as an economics and statistics graduate, a lot of people want to get into banking, investments, finance, but I, I figure out those weren't necessarily what I really wanted to do, and hence I, I chose a different path. Take the time to explore the other parts of yourself that you could be surprised with. For me, it was music. And finally, whenever you are thinking about working or being a professional, also think about how you as a person would be able to contribute to your community, to your society, wherever you come from. Because nowadays, when you graduate, it's not just about finding a good pay job, but also purposeful job because, you know, the societies where we live in, the earth 
that we're living in are facing a lot of challenges that are beyond the hands of an individual. But we need collective collaborations to solve. So as a, a very intelligent graduate from UCL, try to figure out, in addition to getting a nice shot, what else you can do for the community and society. Great. Thanks, Warren. That's inspiring. I think that is quite wise. So that's uh, that's a fantastic way to end. So I'd just like to say again, thank you for your time and thank you for a, a great interview and uh, good luck with changing the world for the better. Wow, that's a too big of a compliment. Well, I'm just yeah, playing no my part. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, Nathan, for having me for this podcast. It really my pleasure to be reconnected with the department. Uh, reconnected with the university. And, and I hope that what I've shared would benefit whoever is listening to this podcast. Yeah, all the best to the department as well. I'm glad the department is doing this. Yes, thank you from the department on their behalf. Thank you, Warren. Thank you so much. Thank you, bye. Bye. UCL Minds brings together the knowledge, insights and ideas of our community through a wide range of events and activities that are open to everyone.